Welcome to the broadcast at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. We invite you to join us here on this station each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. We also invite you to join us in person at 11 a.m. The church is located at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega, Georgia. Now join Pastor Les Fuller as he brings God's Word. Chapter number 65. I'm going to try to preach to you today from a, from a portion of Scripture that I've never preached from. I've talked about it in the New Testament because in fact you'll find the revelation of this prophecy revealed in the book of Revelation. I love what the Word of God shows me and teaches me. Let me show you something about, the, about Isaiah in his writings. Isaiah is writing for the most part about future events. Future events are not intended to scare, unsettle, or hurt the child of God. But it, rather, it's the opposite. It's to give us strength and encouragement as he talks about these future events in, uh, in the world. And I want to say this morning, what I'm reading to you about, I believe, is going to take place in the millennial kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, and I love to think about the Savior in different ways. Some people are satisfied of just seeing the Savior being virgin born. And that's a, a great and awesome thing that took place. But there's so much to the Savior. There's more that he, in ways that He presents Himself to us as believers other than being, <clears throat> the, other, other than being Mary's lamb that was born virgin born there in, uh, in the New Testament. He's presented to us as a great and coming king. In fact, he, that's the way that he's presented in most of the Old Testament prophecies of his kingliness over all the world. And I want to show you this morning some things that he's going to do. And I want to preach this morning with this thought, bearing in mind on gone and forgotten. Gone and forgotten. You think about that for just a few minutes because it's in the word of the Lord to be gone and forgotten. Let me read just a couple of verses then we'll jump in on that thought. What does the writer say? He says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. And the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. That means that everything that we know right now, somehow or the other, in this time period that I'm reading to you about, in this prophecy, in this time period, God is going to give us a mind that's not like the mind that you have right now. Somebody said, well, preacher, my mind wanders a lot of times. It's not going to wander in this day. He said, I'm going to take the former things that are going to pass away and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. So that means that God is going to erase some things from our minds. You say, well, preacher, why do we need to forget some things? Well, friend, heaven just won't be heaven for us. It would be a place of perfect peace and joy if in our minds all we can think about is maybe loved ones that did not make it to heaven. You think about that. Quite possibly in this congregation right now, there could be a, a, a father 
uh, and a mother that has children and heaven forbid that they don't make it to heaven but they, they somehow or the other they get off track from church they get away from God and they just miss the things that God had planned for them and they don't get to heaven isn't that a sobering thought today well, heaven wouldn't be heaven if all we were doing was looking back at our lives and remembering those, those important times of life in church and somebody saying no to God. And that's why I said at the onset of today's message that church is so important. We need to be doing all that we can every time that we can to see that people are being saved and brought to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But in this verse he says former things will pass away. Many of you may remember uh, about a couple of years ago I began to preach for several Sundays in a row on a message of a funeral of the former things. And in fact, I believe if you study the book of Revelation, you'll find in Revelation's account in Revelation 21 and Revelation 22, you'll find that it's not a preacher preaching that funeral. It's not an angel preaching that funeral. It's not a prophet preaching that funeral. But it is God himself that steps out on the bowels of heaven. And the Bible says that God in that moment in time would wipe away all the tears from our eyes. And a lot of God God's people are confused about what's going to take place during that time. They think when we get to heaven, everything's just going to be wonderful and good. And it eventually will be, but there's going to be a time of settling up first. And I've always been a preacher that's preached, believed, and accepted the fact that there's going to be a judgment for the people of God. You cannot get around that fact in the Word of God. And by the way, a lot of the modern day churches are not preaching this. They're, they're, they're telling everybody that everything is going to be good and great and wonderful. But listen, I'm going to tell you, I'm ashamed of the way that I've lived a lot of the time. And I'm going to, listen, I'm not paying for my sins. My sins have been paid for on Calvary. Let me help you in your mind for just a minute in your study of the Scriptures. I'm not paying for my sins. My sins have been paid for at Calvary. Thank God forevermore that I don't have to worry about my sin. But listen, I am going to give an account as a believer of how I've spent my time in service under the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible says in one place that we need to redeem the time because the days are evil. What does that mean? Redeem is a word that has to do with buying back. We all have the same amount of time every single day and time is the most valuable asset that I have today. Time is all that I've got and I don't have much time left to work. But listen, I'm not going to stand before God because I'm saved through Jesus Christ and pay for my sins as a believer. But I am going to have to give an account on my stewardship and how did I serve the Lord? What did I do for the kingdom of heaven's sake? How did I live? Did I bring my family to church? Was I committed? Committed to the Word of God? Was I committed to the church uh, the way that I should be? And listen, friend, you're going to stand before God on that. Amen. And those of you that are wishy washy in your church attendance, it's time to get out of that rut, in that routine, and, and forsake everything else and come and follow Christ because the former things are going to pass away. Now, listen to me. The second person 
that's presented to us in the Word of God will stand before the Lord at the great white throne judgment. There's two judgments presented to us in the Bible. And I want you to think with me. Listen to me. If you're unsaved in this church and you have never walked the aisle for Jesus Christ and you've never made a profession of faith before the church and you've never told people that I'm saved, that I'm born again, that I'm a child of God. And listen, there's only one sin that God cannot forgive and that is the unpardonable sin of unbelief. And there are a lot of people who are fearful to the point that they say, well, preacher, I wanted to be saved and I would have been saved if I could have gotten over that fear of standing before the church and telling them that I, was a, uh, that I wanted to be a child of God. And, and listen, there'll be those that miss heaven uh, simply because they were too fearful to follow Christ and the Bible precepts that the Word of God has clearly laid out. And church, I want to tell you this morning, if you're lost in this service and you've never been saved, I wouldn't let anything stand in my way. I would get up and I would get in this altar and I'd say, Lord, I'm lost and I want to get saved. I feel God today and I'm going to preach to you. I can't, I can't stay long, but with what time I've got, I'm going to preach to you this morning. If I was lost, I would get up and I'd get saved because we just don't know how much time that we've got left. Now at the great white throne judgment, it will be a time for unbelievers to stand and make payment for their sin because they would not accept Christ's payment at Calvary. Therefore, God has to judge them in their sin. You want to know what the great white throne judgment is going to be like? If you're, if you're unsaved, let's go back to Calvary. Let's look at Jesus. Do you remember how they beat and tortured him? They wounded him. How that they, how that they pierced his side and they, they did all these awful things of torment to the Savior. You don't know what it's going to be like when you're standing before a thrice holy God uh, there at the great white throne judgment and you can't say a word. You know that you are a sinner and you stand there and you look at God uh, eyeball to eyeball and, you, and there's the Savior there before you and, and God says, I gave him for you and you said no and you want me to let you into heaven and all you could do was say no to my plan of salvation. And I, I want to say this for the glory of God this morning. Brother Henry, God's not going to make another way to heaven. You're not going to work your way to heaven. You can't be good enough to get to heaven. You can't read your Bible through enough times to get to heaven. Uh, but listen, we're saved by grace, through faith, not of worth, lest any man should boast. We're saved by and through the grace and the mercy of God. And if a child of God can ever realize uh, this morning how glorious and wonderful that it is to be saved by grace, my friend, we'd have revival again all over at Mount Gilead. Salvation is so good today because I'm saved by grace. I'm a child of God here this morning, and I'm thankful to be saved. But the former things are going to pass away, and our minds are going to have to be changed. And for some of you, some of you this morning, that will be a great plus. I like to visit old cemeteries. Some people say, well, preacher, that's... That's morbid. Well, you think what you want to, but there's saints buried in those graves. Had a funeral just this week, and, and boy, the power of God a lot of times comes by more at the funeral than he does in the church these days. Because that's the only time 
that's the only time that most people's hearts can get soft enough for God to be able to touch them. And uh, I like to go by and stand at those old tombstones and, or headstones and look at them and read them and see what they say. And there was a pattern that was said in the late 1800s on into the early 1900s. They would put statements, uh, statements on those tombs that uh, might have been the mother of so-and-so and they would write the children's names. And then sometimes... In those old cemeteries, you would see by the mother, there would be a one of those children, their name on mom's tombstone and the child laying there that died at a young age. And then the husband and so forth and so on. They used to have a lot of people, and this church still does it, but a lot of churches used to have family grave plots. But I kept seeing something in some of the mountain cemeteries that was repetitive. And if you look real close on the moss that's growing on these tombstones that have been forgotten, and I just want to tell everybody here today, those people in that cemetery, I don't care how long they have laid there, at one time they were just as much alive as you and I. But the tombstone says, gone but not forgotten. Gone but not forgotten. And eventually, the last child may pass. And nobody's memory goes back to mom anymore. Then the last grandchild passes and all that they can do is go back and maybe find somebody that's been good in history at keeping facts and they keep looking and they looking and they, they keep looking back at their past till it just becomes a blur and you can't see anything but your great-great-grandfather came from so, uh, some other country and your great-great-grandmother and you might be able to piece those puzzles together if you can believe those things. Uh, I don't know how much of it is true and accurate. All I know is that every man is born into this world lost and undone and in need of a Savior. It does not matter who they are and where they're from. They need Need to be saved, gone and not for, uh, not forgotten. That's the repetitive words that said in these mountains. But I want you to think about this. Flip over with me to Isaiah chapter number twenty four or twenty six. We're talking about the former things and God giving us a mind. Watch this. Isaiah is still prophesying about the worship that's going to be taking place in the kingdom age. And they're remembering, they're remembering people that had hurt them. But somehow they've got the mind that I hope you've got right now that they're looking ahead. And they remember that they've had people that have tormented them and hurt them and brought derision in their life. But look at this. He said in verse number 14, they're dead. They shall not live. Talking about their enemies. They are deceased. And they shall not rise, not, not talking about rising to be judged, but rising in, uh, from the grave. Therefore hast thou visited and destroyed them and made all their memories to perish. Gone and now forgotten. Could you imagine being one of those people that you just completely, Never to be remembered ever again. Nothing to be said good or bad one way or the other out of you. In eternity future. Gone and forgotten. They may put a tombstone up. 
But eventually the earth's going to be burned by fire. That's what the book says. Gone to never be remembered anymore. Never to see, never to enjoy, never to have any, just, just completely forgotten about. No, you'll be in existence somewhere. The Bible teaches us to be absent for a, for a believer, to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. And that's where every child of God is at right now, in the presence of God, in the peace of God, enjoying uh, the presence of loved ones and all the angels and all the great things that heaven offers there to be together. But the unbeliever dies an awful death. I was over in the mountains in revival just a few weeks ago or a week back and a man over there was telling me that he, he, he works on the ambulances and he goes into these mountains and he picks these people up. A lot of them that are trying to get away from people and they're hiding in these mountains. They're hiding from people. They're hiding from God. They don't want church. They don't want anything to do with God. And he said he came up on a call and said there's this man and he's laying in his bed. This has is, this is just been in the last year. A man laying in the bed and his family gathered around him. He'd drunk himself to death. He'd lived his whole life and turned away from God. And not only that, he turned his family away from God. Some of you that are playing games with God, it's time for you to quit playing games and become faithful to the church again. Laid there on that bed and they said that they'd got him on the gurney and he said, you've got to help me. He said, you've got to help me. He said, my feet are burning. I'm absolutely on fire. And he said, my feet are burning. He said, I'm slipping away. He was dying. And listen, hospice didn't have time to come in there and sedate him to the point where they couldn't say another word again. And I will guarantee you, if hospice was out of the way, and I know they do a good job, if hospice was out of the way in a lot of situations, you'd see a lot of people dying with their feet on fire preacher that told me this, and he, I said, I was so moved, he said, I just began to pray with him right there, tried to get relief for myself and everybody watching, and he said, we couldn't do any good, but just a little bit, that man, he cried and he screamed, he said, my feet are burning, he said, now my back's on fire, I'm burning all over, and he said, preacher, I don't believe in that, well, you don't believe what Jesus preached then, because our Savior preached more on eternal damnation than he did on his own heavenly home for all believers. And in hell, that man lifts his eyes, being in torment. Now, I love my family, and I know you love yours. And I want to do everything in my power to keep them together in church. And there's so much coming up against us. Gone and forgotten is probably one of the worst things that I could think of to ever happen in a person's life. There's monuments in Washington where they have plaques up and all kinds of things for the tomb of the unknown soldier, unnamed, but yet a hero. And I want to tell you something today. We don't have as much time left as what you think. I've got a burning fire inside of me that, want to get, that wants to help people get saved. Get people saved in the family of God. Join the church. What's God's will for you? Get saved and join the church. Fall in love with the Savior. Enjoy the Word of God. And every, 
Every time this Bible is open, it ought to be the highlight of your week. When we come together on Sunday morning, we all, I'm going to help you in some elementary thought right here. When we open the Word of God together, corporately, we are going to God and we, we ought to unify. Our minds ought to, to be drawn in together away from the world and, and unifying the Word of God and getting, getting hope and help and strength for the things of the week that's coming. And I love my Bible today because of how it makes me feel and what it does for me. I love the Word of God. I love to, to draw strength from the words that God gives me today. And I'm, I'm worried about some of you today. Some of you, I look in your eyes and I see, uh, I see something's missing. There's no joy. There's no satisfaction. You're living from, from monetary gain. And listen to me, I want to help you today. It's not about money. If all you're living for is money, you may miss heaven. Because Jesus said it's harder for a rich man or a rich woman to enter into the kingdom of heaven. He said it'd be easier for them to go through the, uh, for a camel to go through an eye of a needle. Physical impossibility than it would be for that man who's so consumed with financial gain. Let me tell you something. You better get saved. You better get saved, gone and forgotten. On that great judgment day, when we're standing there, when God is, I don't know about this, but a lot of people say there'll be no tears in heaven. I kind of believe there will be for a time. Not forever, but for a time. Could you imagine standing there on judgment day? And you're a grandparent or a parent, and you've got a son or a daughter. Go on, and they get a big education, and they learn all these things, how to, to make, make it in this world, but they miss heaven. How about, let, let me put it to you on simpler terms. Let's say you've got a, a brand new puppy, and that little old puppy is in your possession. And you live next to a busy highway. And you take that puppy and you don't leash it when it's time to go out and let it go use the bathroom. You unleash that dog and you let it run straight for the highway. Whose fault is it that it gets run over? Whose was it? And that's what you're doing every single time when you say no to God that I'm too busy for God and I'm too busy to serve. You're telling God that we don't need you. Gone and forgotten. I want to ask you this morning, if you're unsaved, would you take the biblical step and get up and come just get saved? I spent quite a few, well, it was almost an hour and a half yesterday with Kyle Savage over at a little property he's got, and we were talking he was sharing with me about a young man that had gotten saved in his church this past revival. Well, I love to be there when people are getting saved, don't you? Well, I love that. But this kid, he's 12 years old. He said they've been praying for him in his church. God's here today, and I want you just to be as still as you can. Be as still as you can. Let's listen to God for just a few more minutes. He said, 
Kyle preached that Sunday morning to start revival. Kyle said, I could just sense God, kind of like I can today in this service, that God was up to something, he was working. Brother Rondell, he said, they come down t- time to give the invitation and nobody moved. Nobody moved. He said, I just knew that somebody was going to get saved. Well, they went on through revival all week long and got down towards the end of the week. Kyle said that God impressed him to not have any preaching. He said he went to the podium and said a few words. He said, I want you to come get a song today. He said, all of a sudden, as they started coming down, people were spilling altars up to pray. He said, that that boy that everybody had been praying for, that them big, big tears started coming down his eyes, and he run down the side of the church. He said, run up to Kyle, and he said, what, what's wrong? He said, preacher, I took one step to come to this altar, and God saved me. He said, I didn't have to get down. He said, I said, what'd you do, preacher? He said, I went and got grandma and mama and aunts and uncles and everybody that was down the altar shedding tears over their grandson trying to help him get saved. He said, you can quit praying now. The work was done when he come out of the pew. And you can be saved just that easy as well. It's not what you say to God. It's in the motion and the act of you submitting your will to God and saying, Lord, I'm coming. Here I am. I'm coming, Lord. I want to be saved. Here is my life. I'm giving it to you today. And that's all he wants is you to forfeit your will and say, God, I'm coming to you. And I accept you. All right. Come on with an invitation here. We're going to play. Somebody's going to get saved today. I kind of feel in my heart somebody needs to be saved. How would you like to be the one that God makes reference to in the book of Isaiah? Gone and now forgotten. Heaven won't be heaven if all you can do is remember and mourn. And if I was unsaved this morning, I'd do everything in my power to get up and get in this altar. I'm glad that it's this way, that God gives us opportunities in life and the door of opportunity swings open and we got to walk through that door. And you know, there's, there's people sitting here today that's not right with God. I'm no dummy. I, I mean, I've been around here a long time. I don't hate a soul in this church. Not a one of you I wouldn't help. But I can put the pieces of the puzzle together and tell you about where you stand with God. And I'm not playing games in church anymore. They say, well, what do you want out of Mount Gilead? I'm not looking to be a mega church. You know what I want from Mount Gilead? I want this place to stay an old-fashioned, Bible-believing country church. I'm not looking for lights. I'm not looking for stardom. I'm not looking to try to be like anybody else. I just want Mount Gilead to be what God has called us to be. Amen. And I want to see people get saved and born again into the family of God. That's why I'm here. You know, you know why I'm at Mount Gilead? You can't take another second of my preaching. And, I, and, and I'm sorry for you. I feel sorry for you. You say, preacher, I wish you'd be quiet. I'm going to say it again. Well, I wish you'd get saved. I know why I'm here. It's for the Sunday morning crowd. 
I can go preach meeting after meeting and church after church. And usually when you get in fresh water, you can kind of have a little bit more liberty. But I have more of the power of God on me on Sunday morning at Mount Gilbert than I do any place I go. And I thank God for it. Now, are you ready to meet God? Think about being forgotten. Never to see mom and daddy again. In eternity. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. As we stand together. I want to ask you to come now. Step out and come as we sing. Jack, what's your name? You have listened to Pastor Les Fuller at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. Please join us at 11 a.m. at 5332 Highway 52 East Dahlonega or view our live stream on Facebook. May God bless you for listening. 97.5 Glory FM, your family radio station in North Georgia. It's a